Yes, you're gonna have people turn their backs, but it's time for us to keep it real. Just keep talking that real, bro. Do what you do, I know what you do, so keep doing that. Talk the real. The HBI lads will see you now. See you now. I don't want to cause no problems. Mm-hmm. I just want to live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. And we're back. HBI podcast, health, business, and in between. And the full team is on deck. We're ready to rock and roll. It is a horrendously rainy day here in Perth. So see if you can timestamp it based on that. Because there is limited of those days, I'd like to believe. But today, we're talking about complexity. And realistically, we're talking about how in most cases... It is unnecessary. You know, this classic, uh, what is the Jordan thing? It's like notoriety by, I've already ruined my way on the way in, but you know what I mean? Like people are, people create their own niches by being like, so I'm going to magically be the master of this pointless thing. It's like, obscurity, here you go, notoriety by obscurity. That's the one I want. Like the time I went to a keynote seminar as part of a business group I was on, on giving the perfect handshake. Apparently, this woman charged 20 grand for her talk. So I was just like, this is a joke, right? But that is something we see commonly in the, especially in the allied health and training realm. And given it's been very on point lately on social media, I felt, or the boys and I felt it was a good time to have a discussion. So we will avoid naming names today uh, because I don't think we even need to name them for people to know who they are. But Dr. Dan, where do you see the issues here? Yeah, I think I was saying off air before of just how much of this complex stuff is actually applicable to 98% of your clients. And then, yeah, from a marketing point of view too, like how much of your marketing is towards your potential prospects versus like trying to get, uh, what do you say, a pat on the back from your peers. (laughs) Yeah, the old uh, proverbial uh, Instagram circle jerk there, mate. Yeah, the circle jerk mentality. So I think like for me, it was pretty eye-opening when I did the recent workshops around Oz because... Um, yeah, like a lot of the stuff I was teaching, like my idea is always try and take the complex stuff and make it simple and easy to understand for you know, the lowest level, the lowest common denominator in the room so everyone can feel like they understand it and have an application when they go back to the gym or the clinic on Monday. Um, but yeah, like I think that by doing that sometimes, it's like you try and make something complex simple and there's always a small portion of people who are like, but I want to know the, like the, the complex, the weed stuff, which I think is useful, but it's like how much of it is applicable versus how much of it is interesting. Like for us, we're all nerds. We could sit there and geek out on biomechanics and physiology and learn you know, the absolute 1% of the 1%. But then when it comes to 99% of people that we see in the clinic who just need to be stronger, move better, eat a little bit healthier, uh, do the basics, it's like, do we need to really go into like the specific nuance and that level of depth with the majority of people we actually see? Yeah, yeah I'd agree. I think... We do, as as we were speaking before, Dan Dan does teach a lot, and and obviously educating other health professionals, you're going to get into obviously more complex and uh, in depth, you know, conversations around whatever it may be, anatomy, biomechanics, biomechanics sound like American, just then physiology, you know, pathology, whatever it may be. But is it like, and it's not such a bad thing i think if you're it depends on on your i think we spoke about this with the market that you're aiming at if you're trying to flex on your knowledge and you're advertising your courses and you're trying to be an authority in the space as an educator then that's certainly relevant and i was Rilan's rolling out his clinical mentorship at the moment and i've had a big hand in helping him with that i'm like you know do you advertise certain things to all right beginner intermediate and advanced knowledge 
basis and, and competencies and it's like well how then do you evaluate if someone thinks you know i think i'm an advanced but um you know you, you might be classed as more of an intermediate for example so i think that case by case if that's the kind of business and kind of marketing you're trying to drum up then of course you try and flex on your your knowledge and of course um, you try and be a authority in the space but if your main clientele like is gen pop people who've got lower back pain you know it's cool for them to think you're an authority but having the title means you already have the authority having the business means you already have the authority but if you're trying to really get more clients through the door who are more your gen pop musculoskeletal pain from a yeah and they're not in a health profession i think it's not really that relevant um for your marketing to really uh flex on your knowledge and then wonder why you're not getting people through the door yeah and even even on that i think even for your advanced athletes most of it's fucking pointless as well like Hmm. most advanced crew are not good at doing the basics like, yeah. And most of the issues or faults are from basic issues. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, in this classic society of everyone getting a pat on the back and told they're special, everyone thinks they're advanced when most of them are not. And so, like, it's so funny the amount of times I give people, like, the, some of the most basic rehab and you see them looking like, oh, where's all my, like, 47 bands and one-legged, like, double-triple jumps? And you're <laughs> like, listen, just do this shit for me and see how you go. And they're like, oh, I'm better. Like, yeah, because you're just like, I'm plyometric. Yeah, you tried to run before you were walking, right? And like, at the end of the day, the body is going to catch up with you and find out. But this comes back to my, and people have heard me harp on about it over and over again that in 99% of cases, a diagnosis is for a practitioner, not a patient. A diagnosis, so you know what you're going after. The patient, it's a re- irrelevant to them. And in most cases, I would argue it's more detrimental than it is beneficial for a patient to cop a specific diagnosis i think they then you know they're at risk of building their church to this non-specific low back pain whereas if you just go hey listen your body is not good at uh absorbing and controlling force and what we're going to do is work on you know strengthening certain areas increasing motor control and building resilience through whatever aspect that is manual therapy exercise all the rest then we're usually going to have a pretty good time right and I think that a lot of this just comes back to, like you said, Ben, it's more marketing than it is reality because as, oh, who was it? I, don't, I like to give credit where credit's due, but someone said it the other day. It was just like, if most good quality health professionals, trainers put their, that have had a level of success, put their training online, no one would watch it because it's boring because they do almost the exact same thing three to five days a week for 15 to 25 years or more, right? Because that's how you build results. You get consistency, Mm -hmm. repetition, longevity. You don't just do funny things. But the gram rewards or all social media rewards, you know, reaction. And the more reaction you get, the better it is. Mm. And sometimes I honestly wonder when I see some of the wild stuff online, whether that trainer actually is just doing it because they understand the algorithm rather than they actually make athletes do it. Yeah, well, some of them admit that openly. It's like, yeah. you know, respect to them for yeah, doing what needs to be done. It's like marketing is really trying to showcase what people want. Give them, like when people jump on social media, they're not jumping on social media for information. They're jumping on social media for dopamine. 
and to get a hit. So it's like, if you understand that, it's like, all right, well, let's give them something that's sexy and short and sweet and dopamine. Then once they're actually in and enticed, then let's give them the thing that we actually sell, the thing we actually want. So, I mean, again, not naming names, but if you think about a few people, it's like they're doing that really well. You know, they're going, here's a sexy thing that gets likes. It's probably 2% of the overall program. And if we went and we spent a day with that person or a week with that person, they're probably spending 98% of their time doing push, pull, squat, hinge, jump, land, accelerate, decelerate, change direction. Um, but they, you know, they figured it out pretty well. So I think it's like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just more for like the coaches and clinicians looking at it, like to not get too sucked in thinking, all right, well, this is the, the correlation versus causation argument of like, is that what actually works versus, um, you know, is that what's just being portrayed? You know what they say, mate, don't hate the player, hate the game, right? <laughs> it's, it's unfortunately, market. the social media is the literal epitome of that at times, right? So, yeah. yeah, listen, it is, it can be frustrating. There's no doubt about it. But I do enjoy, and again, uh, this is the only name I will name because actually I'm going to double name because I got sent to our good friend and hopefully his podcast episode finally goes up now that we found it in the depths of Dan's computer. Um, <laughs> my good friend, Dylan Cabas, Rothwell, exercise physiologist. But Dylan sent me a podcast episode the other week. And if Dylan sends me something, I tend to listen to it. And it was Mr. James Smith, PT, on the CEO project, which is a great listen. Not that I'm sending you away from our podcast, but I highly recommend it. A couple of things in there, but one of the things I really enjoyed is this concept, and I think it comes really poignantly on this, what we're talking about today, is he talks about he'll, how he'll, um, he'll shit on certain things. But in a, like, I find most of his shitting on very comical and, like, it's not a harsh thing. It's not like, I hope you go get cancer and die, right, which we see from certain people. It's more of a, like... Sure, if you want to, but here's some generalized reasons why that may not be great. So, for example, like when he shits on keto, I don't think he actually hates on keto. He just shits on it because it's an easy target. But he's like, what he realizes and what he said, and I love this expression, he's like, so what happens is they all share it to shit on it, right? So everyone's sharing my posts, getting all these likes, getting constant reshares, getting traction, it's going up. And then he's like, what you got to remember is of those people that are hating on it, a percentage of their following is not the same as them, right? They're actually like, oh, I've looked at this thing, I follow this guy for some reason, but actually this other guy he's just shared that disagrees with him, I'm going to go check him out now. So you're like gaining traction by them trying to shit on you. And he referred to it as basically starting fires in someone else's house. And I love that because he's like, it doesn't matter to me. It's like when I, you know, if I occasionally... <laughs> Ben, ben, you were the you were the master of this back in the day before your uh, the association that shall not be named came hunting for you. Yeah, um, I got hunted down. But you used to be the master of this. Like when you would put these posts about manual therapy, and they would just get go viral because all the um, you know the hands off crew, the non specific low back pain crew are just going wild. People forget that a percentage of their following are actually like, oh, I wouldn't mind getting an adjustment, or I wouldn't mind getting something <laughs> up, and oh, maybe I'm interested. So, you know, of their, you know, 437 followers that most of them have that are their mates, um, seven of them might have legitimations to come to you, follow you because they're catching in. And that's them essentially building your brand by you starting fires in their house. <laughs> yeah. Chestnut. And so, like, well, no. yeah, I, I agree. Like I, think... like, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. It... It just depends on the angle. Like from what we spoke yeah. about originally, Dan was saying that it's, you know, it's creating a lot of confusion 
in like maybe yeah. uh, different health professionals, especially ones that might be newer to the game or not. Like a, a confused mind, you know, is very indecisive and doesn't do things. I remember when I did some specific shoulder mentoring with like sh- some shoulder physios and man, like it was an information overload. And I'm like, I said, I, I think I went backwards for a couple of months as a practitioner because all of a sudden I had all this information. And I didn't have much of an application for it. And obviously it's ex- experiential, you know, as shoulder problems come through the door, obviously you can each time you see a shoulder problem, for example, or whatever it may be, you get opportunities to refine your, your skills and your competence and, and, and arriving at a diagnosis or, or, or management, whatever it may be. But often if, if you've got too much information in your own head, and you know you don't have a, a great way to apply it or your confidence is lower in that field there's a difference between theory right and then obviously practical and what people want from you if, if they come see you at, you know if they've got a shoulder problem is like well how practically can you make this better it doesn't matter theoretically what what you know i just got a sore shoulder and i want it to get better just like a builder i was like all right i got this or a car like for example i'm selling my car at the moment this guy's talking to me about the car i said look I said, I've got all the services done. I've, I said, everything's transparent with the me- mechanic records. I said, I don't really fucking know anything about cars. I've just taken it to the same dealership where I bought it from. They've serviced it and I haven't touched it. <laughs> so, and the, the transparency on all the records. I said, yeah. I said, I don't know how to fix it. And there's people I pay to fix it. So even if the guy sat, yeah. the mechanic was talking to me about how to fix the car, I'm like, I said, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I just got a problem. I need a solution. So yeah. what I'm saying is that basically you can't have too much information, which can create a very confused mind, which then can come across as incompetence as a practitioner. So I think it's um, like we always talk about in order to uh, be a good practitioner, you got to do the fundamentals, right? And depending on your depth of knowledge will depend on, can you work with the 0.1% of really an anomaly? Like, right, this is a very complex you know, shoulder problem with like very unusual structural damage and therefore it needs a very unusual management, but they're the the 1% or the sub 1% of cases that you will deal with. So I think that the depth of knowledge that you gain really depends on the clientele that you work with and can you work with every condition or every problem that, that presents to the clinic or, you know, can you answer every question that a client may have for you? So I think you got to be, but got to yeah. be careful. You got to bite off what you can chew, um, and often if you if you know too much, you get too confused. So I think that you got to get the information from a, a really good source. You know, like us, for example. You know, this podcast is pretty good, <laughs> which will help <laughs> answer your question. Shameless plug. Don't major in the minds, really. Like yeah. you know, like all the, all those details are sexy and cool, and it's like you're not taken away from it. Like what I was saying to you guys earlier, it's like it's it's definitely awesome to have that level of depth of knowledge but it's like if you just uh starting up it's like well there's no point there's no point being a specialist and understanding all these specialty methods without understanding that the fundamental principles and methods based upon that's probably the biggest thing i see is like people want to go and do a a shoulder course on the weekend or like a a, a advanced program design course on the weekend it's like you're kind of skipping if you don't have a good understanding of functional anatomy applied biomechanics physiology then there's no point really trying to go to a, a specific course on a specific topic that teaches a specific. Oh, we may have a, we've had a temporary dropout. Ooh, temporary drop. Dan, you had a, 
you had a bit of a stroke there, mate. Do you want to just come back to there's no point on going to this weekend course? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, so there's no point going to a weekend course where you've got, where you're going to learn a specialty method when you don't understand the fundamental principles that method's based upon. Because then, like, you'll get really, really good at a specific, like, one specific area. But then, as soon as like someone doesn't fit inside that small circle, you get confused. So, I think it's probably the thing I see the most is like people just go to the specialty straight away, but they skip like the boring fundamental general stuff um yeah and it's like it's good to know that you know do we really have to worry about like you know an iliac lat and a costal lat we don't understand a basic pull pattern like you know what i mean like most of our clients we just need to learn how to do those fundamentals and then the second thing is probably like what we were saying earlier about like who your target market actually is i think a lot of the pts like definitely want to learn that stuff for sure and it's fun to teach but like learning this learning that level of complexity and understanding most of it's going to be for your own individual enjoyment and nerding out versus like how much of that's actually going to be applicable to john and jenny who just want to lose five kilos and you know john and jenny lose a little lose five kilos move a little bit better like they probably don't need to worry about if it's the hostile lat or the iliac lat they probably just need to control what goes in their mouth eat a little bit more and train consistently for six months so there's nothing wrong with the information i think it's just like having that lens of when you're learning that kind of level of complexity like how much of this is uh enjoyable and useful versus how much it was actually applicable yeah i think a few other points to touch on which people might not think of um it depends on like we talk about i talk about the hierarchy of where you sit as a professional on the hierarchy medical professional for example the musculoskeletal practitioner is like surgeon at the top sports physician you know uh allied health might be there then you might have you know soft tissue practitioners amongst you know personal trainers towards sort of the bottom this doesn't mean i don't mean this to be offensive towards anyone at all because it doesn't your title doesn't dictate you know who you are and who you're perceived to be but however when people are after a service you know they, they're going to go to a a personal trainer for some weight loss advice not a, a hip surgeon so i think that the education you have and the knowledge that you have is also rel- very relative to the practitioner that you are. I think that you, you, as Dan said, you can personally choose to, on your own personal, um, you know, quest to become a, you know, more educated in whatever field. But I believe if you don't really have a, um, a way to apply it, like, or even be paid for knowing that knowledge, it's, it's a bit of a stretch. You know? Like you can have a, a personal trainer, for example, come to one of your um, courses and they learn all these really cool things. But at the end of the day, it's like, does that, does that increase, you know, what people will pay to come and see you for your services? Like if, if you are to say, I, I'm a personal trainer and I've done all these courses, but then there's a physio down the road who's done a four-year tertiary education course, but public perception of them is that, they're probably more qualified to deal with a shoulder problem than, than a personal trainer. Sometimes I, I, you got to weigh up the personal economic and time costs. Like, is it worth me doing those things or is it, or is it worth me going and studying? I don't know, a degree that might be publicly perceived to be, you know, a more relative for that service that, that a person would need. Um, so c- can you get paid for the knowledge that you have? I think this is also a pretty important thing to consider and you got to really weigh up public's perception. Like, as we all know, you can be shit hot. Like, you can be most personal trainers and strength and conditioning coaches can out program many, 99% of the allied health profession. 
straight up osteos chiros physios exercise physiologists but who gets paid more under the day and then what's the public's perception of these people in these roles so i think that it's a bit of a tougher pill to swallow but you also got to consider that i'm like even for myself i'm giving people advice on you know certain structural issues i'm like oh that that probably needs a surgeon's input that probably needs a sports physician's input but you know they're going to tell you the same thing that i'm telling you they're going to go well i'll probably go see the surgeon who knows more about these things than you to get that information you know what i mean the information has got to be relative to the practitioner and the, the information has to uh, be relevant to, to the person and the person's problems. So they need to be hearing it from the right people. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's the a right lot of info. Yeah. yeah. They need to be right, relevant, right? Like, and there's relevant, a lot going yeah. in there. If we look back at the end of the day, a lot of stuff is just education without integration, right? So like having all the info in the world is useless if you can't use it. And this comes back to what they were saying before around what do the people in front of you need, right? If the patient doesn't need, or the, you know, the individual doesn't need the difference in like whatever you talk about, the cost of the iliac fibers of the lat, you know, they just need to get some confidence with moving some weights to feel better about themselves. Then like swinging a big dick or I don't know, what's the female equivalent, a big quit, um, is really like, is kind of worthless, right? Like what's the point? Like what's the point? Um, like, You're polishing yeah. shit. Yeah, like, what are you trying to do? And if anything, you're actually in a lot of cases creating a nocebic effect because you're making people afraid to do things without, you know, contemplating exactly the level of degrees my hand has turned or it's just like, <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes I look at training, I look at people moving and I go, that's some trash movement, but it's still better than not moving and it's giving you an ability to develop less trashy movement, which can go to good movement. And sometimes that's all we need, Right oh, I'm just going to get you to sit down on a chair and stand back up. Sweet. Now I'm going to get you to hold a weight to do that. Now I'm going to get you to put a barbell on you. But like there's progressions, right? And master the basics before you try and dominate the extremities, right? So at the end of the day, like Dan said, majoring in minors is pointless, but make sure, I think Dan, you really said this well from the business side of things, make sure it's actually worthwhile. Like there's no point in going and learning the best and most forefront of ACL rehab if you fucking hate dealing with knees. Like, yeah, I don't like doing ACL rehab. It's not my vibe. ACL. Yeah, so I, like, I send them elsewhere. I get yeah. a bunch come through. I, I just send them elsewhere. Personal interest, but it's, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. like, is it personal interest or is it business return on investment? Like, that's what I learned. Yeah, so I'm saying economic value yeah. of it. Four months ago, yeah. like, am I going to these things because it's actually going to help or am I going to it because I'm just nerding out and I want to learn some shit off cool people? Yeah, but I also would challenge a lot of that is that are you nerding out or are you feeling like you look you need to find the thing? Like, again, this is where you have to sit down your own brain and be like, how many times have you gone to stuff? You're like, no, nah, it's just because I'm interested in it. And you're like, or is it that you feel some level of insecurity or lack of knowledge around something and you're trying to shore up that shit, right? Like, if you're honest with yourself and you're like, I just want to go do this because it seems fun, great. If there's a subsect where you're like, you don't feel worthy and you're like, oh, all the cool people I know are doing this, then it's probably where you need to have a long, hard look at yourself and be like, am I doing what's best for me, right? And I know we're just suddenly just diving off the deep, dark edge there. Yeah. Next minute, we're all going to be sipping on ayahuasca and singing Kumbaya. But um, <laughs> like, it is like the mental side of things is important, right? Like, especially mm -hmm. in all our industries, 
and that's what probably breeds a lot of these courses is the feeling like you're somehow in lack by not having done them. Yeah. So a bit of, um, I'm not good enough. Uh, and incompetence and uh, so, uh, like, um, imposter syndrome. Like that's definitely yeah. a thing where people just keep learning shit. Cause they never feel good enough. So I think a lot of people need to actually sit down and go, all right, I'm going to take this say thousand dollars of education money. Is it better spent on the education? It was a better scent on a psychologist, like a therapist just to talk out my issues, right? Like, mm-hmm. and there's no judgment there. That's a perfectly fine thing. But with a lot of this stuff here, I do think this comes back to this realm of like, why are you doing it? Ben and I talked the other the week, and this has probably gone up about how as a fourth year Cairo student, it's probably worthless for you to go do a needling and cupping course. Because why? Because you're not going to be able to use it for like two years. So you'll probably have forgotten it. So time energy value is not there. So if you're going to, as we say, spend your valuable resources, time, energy, and money, make sure it's on something that's actually you enjoy. You It helps the people in front of you rather than just because you feel like you need to be able to demonstrate some obscure movements. Yeah, it's got to translate into reality. I think we've, we've been quite... Uh, explicit in identifying right personal introvert interests versus you know uh, professional interests um, you know is it going to give you access to more clients or can you use this now as a, a marketing tool to, to, to for lead generation um, it, you is it going to have any uh, application because sometimes you, like we just said then with the the needling example it's like even if you do learn these mad fucking breathing mechanics that Dan's teaching you is, but, but do you even have a client to apply it to? So it's the same thing. It's like application translation to reality is, is good or it's not. So even if you do learn those things, it's kind of uh, negligible because it's like, well, I don't have any way to apply this. So, and I might be able to apply it with myself, but experientially, like, does that make me a better practitioner? Maybe, but my body type, the way I move, my injury history, whatever, is different to the next. So obviously there's a case-by-case case, uh, application there. So I think we've we hit the nail pretty hard on the head there that we've, we've talked about many different things before, but obviously a, a, um, a confused mind uh, doesn't make decisions, doesn't move forward, doesn't do anything. So make sure that what you are learning, you know, at least you're learning from a, a good source where they can make complex things simple, where you, where you understand that, well, if I do spend this money here, that we're going to have a great translation into reality. I'm going to make more money for it. I'm going to get better lead generation for it. I'm not just going to look like, you know, a mad dog in front of my, all my other health professionals, but it actually pushes me no further in life. Did you have anything else to add there, Dan, before we, uh, I think it's like exactly as Dan said, old, old, old sticky fingers, uh, Ben Humphreys over there, shut us down early. So we're bringing back in on the outro today. But as we're just Sorry. recapping, right, mate, you're all good. It's all about making sure it's, you know, simplicity over complexity. And when you're getting information, make sure it's bringing value to you and the people that you're looking after. And then at the same time, when you see people bringing out these obscure things, try and understand why they're doing it. Is it because of marketing? Or is it because they're just a giant douchebag? Who knows? Could be both. On that note, if you've enjoyed today, please grab a screenshot, share us, tag us all in. We love to see it. 
and please leave us a five-star review wherever you're getting your podcast because it really helps us get the word out and bring the community together. As always, gents, pleasure to see you and I'll see you all next week. Thanks, guys. Peace.